this little section. We've got a lot of presents here, uh, up here. Uh-huh. You want to turn down my my mic or the pulpit? No, the lapel mic. I think might be too high. In chapter six, verses one through five. Now we're only really looking at verse two, uh, and this is part two of verse two, bearing one another's burdens, uh, completing the law of Christ. So. Uh, so, but we'll read the entire section so that we'll see the context. So if you're able, would you stand with me as I read the word of God? Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today and pray that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes and our hearts and our minds, that we might understand what your word says, and that we might live it, that we might live it for your glory and purposes. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. This is God's inspired word for us today. So please be seated. Now last week we looked at the type of burden that everyone who's ever been born throughout history uh, must carry. And that is the burden of our own individual sin. And we looked at it. Uh, from this passage, but also using a portion of Bunyan's classic work, Pilgrim's Progress. And that burden, we saw, can only be removed at the cross by Christ, who has done the work, completed it, finished it. But once that burden of sin is lifted for the believer, now we have a job to bear each other's burdens from what Paul tells us here. And that's part of the obedience of the Christian life, is bearing one another's burdens, fulfilling the law of Christ. Now, bearing the burdens of others, I want to tell you, can be messy. It can be time-consuming. It can be personally costly and personally painful. Yet it is our duty and our privilege as fellow believers to help one another carry the loads that each of us carry. When it comes to the local church, the burden of the person next to you is your burden as well. Now, the person sitting next to you may not be inclined to share that burden, and that is their affair, but if that person sitting next to you shares their burden with you, then it is our privilege to help bear that, and we'll see what that means in just a few moments. So in bearing the burdens of others, we fulfill the law. And so every act of compassion, of self-sacrifice on behalf of our brothers and sisters who are believers means that we are displaying the love of Christ to the world. And they will not see the love of Christ unless we live it, unless those who have been changed by it demonstrate it in our actions and in our love. Now we all carry burdens. I mean, that's no no surprise. I'm thinking here specifically of the burdens that, that weigh us down. And it's under that weight of each of our own burdens that we struggle. And not everybody sees everybody else's burdens. Because sometimes our burdens have become so much 
a part of who we are, that, that we have integrated those burdens into our very daily existence. We can no longer differentiate that burden from the rest of the personality of the person that we see. You no longer notice that, that my posture is a little bit bent because of the burden that I carry, that, that I walk a little bit slower because of the weight of that burden that's, that's upon me. Or maybe in certain situations I don't act in a certain way because that burden which I carry has, has kind of tainted the way that I'm going to act towards certain people, tainted me because I'm afraid of failure because of what has happened in the past. Some people will gladly tell you their burden. Now, they don't really want to get rid of it because they kind of like it. They wear it as a badge of honor that they carry that burden. Some have tried repeatedly to get rid of their burdens and repeatedly have failed to do so. And some people are on their third or fourth or fifth attempt to get rid of this burden. Uh, maybe it's a particular sin that they simply can't cast off. It is, maybe it is an addiction. Maybe it is a way of, of behaving in some fashion. But they just can't seem to get rid of it. Others have lives that seem so full of never-ending burdens that they feel akin to Job. That God has just put this upon them and they've got to figure it out, what he's doing. Or maybe there's that burden that, that... a lot of us don't want to admit to. It's that burden of everyday life. I'm on the treadmill, and I can't seem to get off the treadmill. It's going at a pace I don't like. Maybe my kids have to do this or, or, or do that, because if they don't do it at this age, then they'll be behind everybody else. Or maybe it, you think, well, I have to spend a certain amount of money on on these things because everybody I know is doing those things or have been there or have these things and I don't want to be left behind or I don't want my kids to be left behind and and this burden of this rat race is just killing me but I'm too afraid to tell anybody about it. I'm too afraid. Tolkien described the one who was overburdened to be, in the words of Bilbo Baggins, like butter that's been scraped over too much bread. Some days we just feel like that. We've just been scraped across, and there's just not enough of us to cover up those things. So the second type of burden is that which belongs to somebody else. Specifically here, in Paul's words, another believer. And we're called to help bear that burden and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Now, bearing one another's burdens fulfills the law of Christ, then we must assume that somewhere along the line that God himself will bear our burdens. Well, we see plenty of evidence in that in in Scripture. In the Old Testament, in Numbers chapter 13, the Israelites are just about to cross the Jordan. But but 12 of them went ahead into the Promised Land, and they all come back, and they all have a report. Now, two of the spies that went in there said, oh, it's our land, let's go take it. But the other 10 said, well, there are giants that live in that land. Okay, their cities reach up to the sky. There is no way that we're going to be able to go in and take that land. Now Moses reminds them back in Deuteronomy in a parallel passage. He reminds them, how did you make it through the wilderness? How did your sandals not wear out as we wandered through the desert? How did your clothes not wear out? Okay, how did your babies eat when there were no stores for the next day? It was because the Lord carried you in his arms. 
Isaiah says, I am not like the false gods, a God that you must carry yourself. But O house of Jacob and all the remnant of the house of Israel, you have been born by me from before your birth. Carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he who will carry you. I have made you and I will bear you and I will save you. See, it is Christ, from Isaiah again, who has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He bore the sins of many. He makes intercession for the transgressors. This is how Christ carries our burdens. This is how our Heavenly Father carries us through these tough times. But it's the job of the entire body of Christ to bear the burdens of each other. Now, we all said it today. It's the Apostles' Creed. And there's that little phrase there, the communion of saints. That is the relationship that we have with one another. That our willingness to care for and watch over one another. The Westminster Confession of Faith says that all believers are united to Jesus Christ and have fellowship with him and are united to one another in love. United to one another in love. So how do we deal with that? What do we do with that? Well, when one believer calls another and says, I'm struggling, we go, oh, man, that's, that's the pits. I'm sorry. Then we hang up the phone. No, that's not what we do. As believers, we say, don't leave the house. I'm coming over. Okay? Now, you may go, I don't have any wisdom to give to them. I don't, really don't have anything. But your presence is going to communicate the things of Christ to them. You do, I, I have found over the years, you do not have an answer to certain things. When people are struggling, there are the words of Scripture. And frankly, it is in God's providence or in his sovereignty that these things are happening. But that is not comfort to somebody who really doesn't grasp that or understand it. The comfort to another believer is your presence with them. So you get, on the, you get in the car, you go right over there. Don't do anything until I get there. We go and sit with another believer who is mourning. We don't have to talk to them. Come and sit with me on my mourning bench. Okay, classic, classic line. It's just your presence communicates your love. That's the communion of saints. To bear one another's burdens means to be able to do so because you know that Christ bears your burdens and that there is no burden that will be placed upon you that you cannot stand because he has filled your life the type of care that we have for other believers means that some portion of our life is going to be put on hold if you're going to care and bear another's burdens some portion of your life will get on hold maybe your plans that you had for that day are going to be washed out maybe that spare bedroom that you were going to make into an office now is filled with somebody who needed a home. Okay. Maybe you had to bypass a weekend trip because somebody in church had a car that died and you wrote them a check to help them out. And now you can't travel. Those are bearing one. That's the way we bear one another's burdens. Jonathan Edwards wrote, If we are never obliged to relieve others' burdens, but when we can do it without burdening ourselves, then how do we bear our neighbor's burdens when we bear no burden at all? 
What Edwards is challenging us with is, if I can't afford to help those who struggle, those in need, those whose hearts are heavy with sorrow, because if I help them, then it's going to cut into my standard of living. It's going to mess up my schedule. If my neighbor's burden is then going to become, part of that burden is going to become my burden, I can't be as self-centered as I want to be. Because I, I like the world that revolves around Randy. Okay? But if I'm going to reach out and I'm going to care, then it's going to cost me emotionally. It's going to cost me physically. It's going to cost time-wise. It's going to cost out of my checkbook as well, typically. Edwards is saying, though, but isn't that exactly what the Bible demands from us? It demands that we bear the burden of others. Think of Samuel 24. It's the end of David's life. And he's sitting around, and I'm just paraphrasing here, and he's sitting around and he says, I wonder how many soldiers I have to fight with. And so he takes a census, which is specifically a no-no before the Lord, because you relied upon the Lord for your defense of the nation. But David goes ahead and takes the census, and then afterwards he realizes his sin, and the Lord gives him three options. Um, And he says, I'm going to put myself and my entire country into the Lord's hands. So we have three days of plague from the Lord. And when that plague is lifted, David wants to make an offering to the Lord. So David wants to buy the threshing floor from Arnaw. This is 2 Samuel 24, 18 to the end of the chapter there. But Arnaw, knowing it's the king, says, King, here is the threshing floor. Here are the oxen for the sacrifice. Here are the threshers that you can use to build the altar and burn. I give it to you. And David says, no, but I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. See, bearing the burden is going to be costly. Caring for one another is going to be costly. We just have to be ready for that. So how is it that we bear one another's burdens? And we do it by, we step into their shoes. We, we take the difficulties away from them and bear them ourselves. We help the weak, as 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says. And what Paul means there is the remedy is for the strong to help or literally support the weak. Now, to support, in the context that Paul's writing here, connotes the idea of holding on to the one who needs support. Now, there's a distinction here. You can say to someone who's got a bad leg, here, just hang on to me and I'll help you. And that's them hanging on to you. But what Paul is saying is, no, you go to the one in need and you bear them up. You hold on to them and you carry them through. See, it's the strong bearing the weak. It's those who are mature in faith bearing those who are less mature in faith. And not only is it bearing them, but it is initiating the act of caring. You think, initiating the act of caring. So if I'm mature in my faith, that means I should be looking around for those that I think are in need and go to them and initiate an option to help bear their burden. That's what Paul is telling us. Okay, We can't always wait for those who are burdened. 
because it might be shame, it might be sorrow, it might be their own unwillingness to to say anything, to appear weak. We need to go and do the initiating. Those who are mature in their faith need to pursue those who need care. So to love one another like that is to fulfill the law of Christ. So love is defined by action. It's not an emotion. I mean, it is emotion. There's a lot there. But it's not defined by emotion. It may accompany emotion, but emotion is not sufficient as a demonstration of love. We feel bad for someone or we feel sympathy, but that's not love. We want to help, but we don't, and we justify it by saying what? Well, at least I cared. That's really not love either. Biblical love is defined by action. When you wonder if somebody could use a ride home from church, you go and you ask them, do you need a ride? When you wonder if somebody, how somebody is doing, you just don't sit there at home, you pick up the phone and you call them and you check on them and you ask them how they're doing. When you know someone is down, you write them a note of encouragement. Okay, this is action. When you think of the financial burden that your next door neighbor must bear because their car died and they only have one car, so what do you do? Well, in the dark of night, you stuff an envelope full of cash and you stick it in their door. You have acted in love by caring for them. You remind yourself when you ask, oh, I wish somebody would help that person, you are that someone. Okay? Moses said, Lord, when are you going to deliver your people? When are you going to send somebody to get them out of Egypt? And, and God said, I'm sending you. And Moses went, no, you send somebody else, Lord. I mean, somebody who can really do it. He says, no, I'm sending you. You are the one that knows about it. You are the one who needs to do it. First John chapter 3, but if anyone has the world's goods and see his, his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? James chapter 2, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, well, go in peace and be warm and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Faith, if it has no works, is dead. True love persists even when emotions fail. When I don't feel like it, real love continues on. An example from Acts chapter 11. We can turn there. In fact, yeah, let's, let's go over to Acts chapter 11 if you have your Bible open. This is about the church in Antioch. Acts chapter 11. Verse 27 and following. I'm going to go back to verse 25 of chapter 11 in the book of Acts. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people, and in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, 
And one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. And this took place under the days of Claudius. Claudius was one of the emperors of Rome. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So what they did with the prophesied famine, they said they can't stop the famine. Uh, it's been prophesied. The Lord says this is going to happen. So what are we going to do? We're going to give support to those in need. Even though we can't go down there, we're going to help bear their burdens as much as possible. What does it say? Everyone according to his ability. According to his ability. Now, we're responsible to be wise stewards with the gifts that the Lord has given us. Our time, uh, our talents, our material wealth, all of those things. We do not have an obligation to bear the burdens of others beyond what we can bear. Okay? If it's going to bankrupt you, uh, that might not be a wise way to bear another's burdens. Okay? Everyone has, we realize, unexpected circumstances. Lose a job, a sickness, tornado comes, wipes out your house, all those things. So as the body of Christ, we are to do as we are able to care for those who are part of the body of Christ as well. Philippians chapter 2, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. I don't like that part, but that's what it says, more important than me, you are more important than me. Let's say that. Look at somebody. You are more important than me. Okay. Once we get that through our heads, then we can start understanding what it means to bear one another's burdens. Then we can start to understand really how that fulfills the law of Christ. Christ gave his life for you and me. Did we deserve that? Well, certainly not. Were we worthy of that? Certainly not, but it was his great love for us. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also the interest of others. So aside from a technical or material support, maybe the, the, the person, you know, maybe you have abilities and, and you need to go over and crawl under their car and help them with that, uh, whatever it would be. But sometimes they, also, they just need that emotional or spiritual support. To be there with them. To come alongside our brothers and sisters. To speak the words of truth to them. To pray for them. To comfort them. And do so we fulfill the law of Christ and we bear their burdens. Paul tells us to give the church priority. The church family priority especially here. That other believers would know. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression who are spiritual, should restore them, keep watch on yourself, bear one another's burdens, and fulfill the law of Christ. Brothers, he's talking to the church here in particular. But so often our default mode is, uh, I like to help people who look like me, sound like me, you know, all that. But the body of Christ is very diverse. The body of Christ looks different than, than I do, talks differently than I do, comes from different sides of the tracks than I do, I'm to bear their burden as well. The Spirit compels us because we are part of the body of Christ. We see these burdens of our brothers and sisters not as impositions, but as opportunities. Opportunities. First John 4, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, 
God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So if the world does not see the love the church has for one another, it will never see the love of Christ. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, it's, it's a tall order here. Because we have to get outside of ourselves in our own little worlds. Or those burdens that are weighing us down, we have to be mindful of, of others around us. Lord, I'm going to pray today that you would make us mindful of one person this week. One person in particular this week whom we can help bear a burden. Now perhaps it's a person that each of us has had on our minds for a long time and we've just just not done it. Or perhaps it's somebody you're going to bring into our life this week. Lord, it will be an opportunity either way to demonstrate the love of Christ to that person. Lord, we don't want to offer something to you that doesn't cost us. It may cost us in our time. It may cost us our materials. It may cost us emotionally. But Lord, it is your love that compels us to act. To act to bear the burdens of others. Lord, I would pray that you would take this moment now and fix in each of our minds that picture of someone that we need to reach out to, that we need to pursue, that we might care for them and demonstrate the love of Christ to them, that we would not be ashamed of it because it serves you, that we would not be shy about it because you have placed it on our hearts and we need to pursue it. Lord, show us that, that you might be seen as we demonstrate the love of Christ to them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand and join me as we sing.